Look, I'll let you drop a digit. Just give me some goddamn bread. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Porches, and I'm joined by Matt Smith. The sun is out. <laughs> What's up, everybody? Uh, we're back, kids. We're back for yet another one. And is this just a like ger- I mean, a uh, German thing? It is. Is it's that all- why you chose it? <laughs> okay. Uh, yes. For those of you who love the Scorpions, you're welcome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, man, let me tell you guys, we have a packed show today. I mean, normally we review two, three. We've got no less than four reviews from both of us. And Matt has even more than that. Well, I'm only going to do one today. I don't want us to go too far over because I'm, I've got some things to say. Oh, about. very interesting. So we'll be talking but about I, but I've that. got some in the bank. Let's see. Spank bank? Uh, no. No? I'm not on Reddit in 14. <laughs> Come on, 14-year-old. There's a whole wide world of porn out there. It's not like back in the day when we had to, like, look at a fucking JPEG image, load Ugh. up at fifty under 56K because you lived out in the middle of fuck nowhere and just go and scream. About, like, And you know what the worst part about that all was? It was just like, yes, yes, yeah, ah, damn it, there's a dick. You remember? Not into you that. But what was uh, what was really awful about early internet porn was uh, was uh, news groups, oh. like having to surf news groups before like actual websites were really viable. Yeah, that was that was shit. You guys don't even know how good you have it these days for for trying to find porn. I guess get off of my non-porn lawn. I don't know what that get means. On, get off of my uh, code lawn because I didn't have Windows then. No. Uh, so today we're going to be talking Independence Day resurgence. Did it res- uh, resurge at the box office? Spoiler alert, no. Uh, <laughs> we're also going to be talking about The Shallows, Free State of Jones, and we're going to wind everything up with a very interesting discussion, I do believe, uh, for the Neon Demon, the new movie from Nicholas Winding Reppin. Uh, it's a big show, kids. It's a big thing. And let's let's start with you, buddy. What do you got as far as uh, what you've been watching? Uh, well, uh, what I've got is a movie from a couple years ago that finally got released called Clown. She goes, hey, called Spider-Man. Have you seen the Spider-Man? It's called, called the, the Spider-Man. The Spider-Man. And it's, it's a direct-to-video asylum release. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> um, There's no hyphen. All they do is just put a V at the front and drop the hyphen. Yep. Amazing. And and it's the same movie. Or not amazing. Uh, not amazing. You can't say amazing. <laughs> but uh, no, Clown from uh, it's from 2014 actually. Uh, although it got picked up for distribution uh, last year and has been slowly trickling out worldwide. I've heard uh, some crazy things. Uh, it is. This movie is nuts, man. Um, it's got some really great stuff in it that I think if you're if you're into horror genre flicks. Uh, this is a movie you should definitely check out. Uh, so this is from um, uh, director John Watts, who... Um, What's the new thing he's doing? W- well, Sp- Spider-Man Homecoming. That's it. There you go. 
And actually, in between this movie God coming damn it, out, man, we are bringing it all together. We had the earlier Spider-Man reference. I'm telling you, man, this this is a simpatico episode already. Uh, but uh, so anyway, uh, this is this is the movie he made just before the movie that uh, came out last year uh, that I talked about on this very show with Kevin Bacon called Cop Car. Ah, uh, yes. Right. So, uh, Clown, uh, he made back in 2014 or 2013, and then it played Festival Circuit in 2014. Um, and uh, it's basically about a guy who's, uh, the, he and his wife are throwing a birthday party for their young son, and uh, the son wants it to be like clown-themed, right? Little kids sometimes like clowns. I know most people no. don't. But, but but when I was a kid, I, I actually like had a lot of uh, like ceramic clowns and stuff. Like I, I like clowns. I don't give a shit. Yes, they're creepy. I get it. I'm not saying everybody should like clowns. I was saying I did, right? And so I understand. You want a clown at your birthday party? Okay, fine. You sick fuck. Well, well the clown cancels, and his dad, who's uh, the kid's dad, who's uh, a real estate agent... Um, knows that the guy who uh, has just uh, passed away, whose house he's trying to sell, um, was a clown. So he goes into his uh, wardrobe and tries to find uh, a costume, and the one that he finds in the best condition is uh, this really old clown suit tucked away in the back uh, of, uh, I believe it's in the attic, um, in a box, back beyond all the other clown stuff. And so he puts it on, puts on the wig, puts I on the I am scared notes. just listening to this goddamn, you talking about this. <laughs> but, it's scaring the fuck out of me. I well, am not kidding. Puts on the nose, goes home, does the clown performance. It's successful, right? Oh, Jesus. Falls asleep because he's been at work all day on the couch. Wakes up the next morning. The costume will not come off. Holy fucking shit. Won't come off, right? It's stuck to him. He tries everything. He tries to, like get a straight razor and zip it off of him, but ends up like slashing his wrist open when he does that. Oh my God. Um, the wig starts to fuse to his head and uh, the nose won't come off. And when his wife, who's a doctor, tries to pull it off, part of his nose rips off. Oh, him. near God. <laughs> and so what ends up happening is he starts turning into this demon, this ancient demon from Iceland called the Cloyne which is where the clown mythos comes from, apparently, in, the, in this movie. It's not real. They okay. made it up. It's a really great conceit, though. Um, and so it turns out, without giving too much away, what ends up happening is he starts turning into this, and I won't give the circumstances of how or what the suit uh, is imbued with, powers and whatever. Googly right? moogly, we all know but, that. But, uh, but he ends up turning into this like demon clown who has to feed on five children a year. Oh, man. Uh, in order to sleep safe through the winter because it's so cold in Iceland, right? And uh, really, by the end of this movie, it's kind of like a combination of uh, absolutely terrifying monster movie and body horror because his body starts to transform into this demonic form throughout the film. Um, This movie delivers, man. It's really fun and gory and uh, fucked up in just the right ways without going too far overboard. Um, I think that this is going to be a massive underground uh, hit with people who can finally see it. Um, I don't know what kind of reception it's getting on, uh, like, from critics, but I imagine it's probably pretty solid. Um, 
It's got four and a half stars on the on the IM no not the INDB but the Apple Store. Well, I don't know about those people, mm. but but I'm saying like if you most like genre stuff, most of them are positive. Most one, of them are positive. This one's good. Uh, it's it's solid. Uh, definitely check this one out. I was uh, amazed. So here's here's $5 a good indicator of how good this movie actually probably is uh, to genre fans. Uh, it's got a 43 percent critic rating on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Okay. Which which for usually for genre fans type? probably pretty solid. Yeah. Um. And uh, anyway, I th I think uh, people should go and see this. Peter Stormare's in it. He's really terrific. Is he? Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is he creepy? He he plays a character who has a history with the suit. There. Oh my god. Yeah. That we'll that sounds we'll about say right. that. Right. He's he is uh, you know he's Peter Stormare <laughs> in here. <laughs> okay. Good. That's um, what I want. That's what I like, want from. He's that not guy. the villain, right? So he's not playing like that kind of creep. But I mean, he can't help it. He's Peter Stormare. <laughs> He wakes up in the morning and sees that face in the mirror. What's he going to Ex do? Exactly. You're not going to go over and be like, I'm going to be the face for McDonald's. Right. <laughs> it's not going to happen. And the two leads in this movie, uh, Andy Powers and Laura Allen, are also really fantastic. And, uh, yeah, I, I think this movie's great. Uh, it's available on demand. I think it's playing in limited theatrical release, uh, mostly through what I've seen online. Looks like Carmike Cinemas has kind of a release. Mm. Uh, deal with them maybe some other chains since Carmike is one of the smaller national chains um but yeah clown really good yeah. I, thumbs up i can't wait i hope that spider-man gets this creepy i well <laughs> that's gonna be <laughs> oh man i don't because I, now i'm gonna rent i'm gonna i'm gonna rent this thing because uh -huh. i will have to like in the movie theater, I don't, I don't know, man. I, I gotta be in a place where I can pause it, and it's not coming out here, at least that I can tell. So, but I gotta be in to be able to pause it and just walk away, just like, just like, just picture any like really animated black person you've seen, like, uh, uh, you know, reacting to a movie. That would be me. Just, just anybody like, who's ever been in one of the commercials for the like the audience reaction trailers for Paranormal Activity. Yeah, I'd be walking like, oh, oh dear Jesus, no! <laughs> oh dear Jesus, no! You motherfucker, no! No, 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 no! Oh God, why? That's what yeah, I'm doing this whole it's, time. It's a really nice uh, like hybrid monster movie body horror thing. It's good. Oh, uh, uh, it's like, uh, and, and honestly, it's like if it were just kind of like a clown thing, I might go away from it because of like the creepy body horror angle. I, I'm just like, oh yeah, I do have to see that actually. Yeah, I, I think you might enjoy it. I mean, the the clown, look, look it is it is a clown, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also a demon clown, which all clowns come from, apparently. Uh, Makes the, sense the mythology to me. I in this actually movie. is like really cool. Like, I, I would like to see like this could be a DTV franchise that I would follow. Um, because, uh, you know, they build in this whole backstory of this, uh, Icelandic demon from, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And, um, and like the way that the people's like, like, uh, broke its power, right. Or like took its power away. was basically by making everybody forget that it was a demon by making clowns, something that were like jokes, and uh, so, so slowly over time, the demon lost its power over people because uh, because they thought of clowns as something different, uh, joyous, buffoonery, that sort of thing. Hmm. So it's a really cool like conceit, actually. I'm already so, creeped out. So that's what I've been watching. Um, I'll tell you what to kind of skip because I didn't finish it, and I'm interested about the subject. Uh, but it's called uh, All Work, All Play. 
It's about uh, just kind of professional people that are in gaming leagues and shit like that. Uh, people that play like uh, uh, fucking League of Legends, uh, shit like that. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm interested because like I, th- I find the whole esports thing very fascinating in a very uh, different and odd way. Um, so I was like, okay, I'll be um, I'll be interested in this. It's an hour and a half. I think I got a little bit more than an hour through before I was just like, maybe it's just kind of the pacing. I don't know. An hour probably would have been fine. Feels like we're kind of watching a lot of stuff that's not as exciting as it should could be. Um, so that, that's kind of like a mm, so-so there. Uh, yeah. Now while I was watching, while I just was, I was like, I couldn't remember the damn name of the thing, so I had to pull it up on the Netflix there. I just see this recently added. This is just an announcement for you guys. Um, two things I highly recommend. Number one, Spotlight just came out on Netflix, so motherfucking watch that movie because it's great. Yeah, Spotlight's good. Uh, and number two, Breaking the Magician's Code. You remember this fucking like uh, special on Fox back in the day? Uh, the magician in like the fucking weird black and uh, gray mask and stuff, looking all fucking is creepy. It, that's and shit. the Fox show. I think it was on Fox. Uh. I mean, whatever show on Fox, I definitely remember. I don't remember what it was called. If that's the show, it's good. Yeah, so, the, well, no, no, no. Now, see, this is like one of these, good Jesus Christ, there were two seasons of this? Fucking hell. I guess there's like five episodes a season or something. That's bizarre. I didn't know that. Uh, but here's the thing. At the is end... The, was this the, like, Mitch Pileggi stuff? No, no, no. This is a fucking, just this is like a reality show. Where there, this like guy in a fucking like he looks like a lucha libre uh, guy, and he's showing magic tricks, and he shows you how all the magic tricks are done. Uh huh. They're just like, okay, well, here's how you you seen the song the lady in half. Let's do a clear box. Here's what kind of goes down in that sort of thing. Oh, here's how we did this X, Y, and Z. And so this went on for two seasons. By the end of it, spoiler alert, the guy says, we're going to finally unmask the uh, the masked magician tonight and find out who he is. This big, giant reveal. And everybody's thinking, like, what's it going to be? Is it going to be, like, uh, fucking David Copperfield? Or what's the other cat? Uh, you know what I'm talking about. I want to say Lance Henderson, but that's not right. <laughs> It, it might have been. Lance Henderson might have been. A, he might have been a magician. He was pretty crazy with that knife. Um, but he pulls his mask off at the end, and he goes, It is me, Alejandro, or whatever the fuck his name was. And you're just looking at him going, Who the fuck are you? Like, it was supposed to be this big reveal of, like, Hey, this world-renowned magician is going to you know, reveal himself and tell us why he's been showing us the secrets to all these magic tricks. <laughs> Which honestly was a good answer. It's just like, he was basically like, look, man, all not in these words, of course, because it was on a fucking broadcast television network, but he basically goes, all y'all motherfuckers have been doing the same shitty tricks forever. I'm showing people how they're done, so you don't have to fucking do these anymore and come up with some new tricks, you old tired bastards. That was essentially what this guy was saying, and I had respect for that. You know, I, I don't know that Alejandro is not world-renowned. I don't know that he is neither, but man, oh man, when he like took his mask off, I was just like, who? I mean, it could have literally been your next-door neighbor, and you'd have been like, well, I guess that's a thing. He probably was your next-door neighbor. He might have been. Uh, he flew his out final the, magic trick. He flew, his final magic trick, I was a white man named Martin for 20 years of your life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was a hell of a ruse, I tell you. Uh, but uh, that, and I think I finished up uh, the current season of, um, of Silicon Valley. Very good, uh, the third season here. Um, they'll be coming back for fourth and everything. Uh, one thing that I always kind of like about this show is that it is like the polar opposite of Entourage. Uh-huh. Entourage, it was just like, are either the boys, are they, they're all getting up in a thing? Oh, no, who's, are they? And then everything turns out fine. This is called, this show is the complete opposite where it's like, hey, things are starting to look up. Oh, uh, we're on fire. 
and these guys cannot catch a break. And as soon as they do, you're happy that it's like, oh, shit, yeah, man, everything's going to start to go well for them. They're going to start to, oh, no, there's a big thing coming around the corner. That's not good. Um, and that's what I like about the show. It is normal people doing normal things. I've talked about this on the show plenty of times, but uh, that's it. Nothing else, because we watched four fucking movies this weekend, Matthew. That's true. Also recorded two hours of the Preacher oh podcast. You guys did an HMP. I'm so we, tired. We, we're doing a lot. We, there's there's so much we do. So much. And, and it's so fun. But yeah, it, it has limited some of what <laughs> we can talk about on this show on our free time watching. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's just like I, I, took, I have <laughs> other stuff, but I want to save it just in case next week I can't watch. Them. Because there's so fucking much, man. Yeah. They're so fucking I much. mean, we have three movies next week. We'll tell you all, all yeah, what they are we'll later, but, the, you know, three wide-release movies. So we'll talk about those. Let's get into it. Here is the trailer for our first review, uh, new release review of the week. Here's the trailer for The the Shallows. I was going to say The Follows. I'm like, nope, that's not it. The Shallows. You know, I made it here. Mom was right. It took forever to find, but it's perfect. What did you say the name of this place was? This is paradise. in 32 seconds. the trailer for The Shallows, our first new release review of this week, IMDb Plotline. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. A mere 200 yards from shore, server Nancy is attacked by a great white shark with her short journey to safety becoming the ultimate contest of wills. This is directed by uh, uh, Hume Colette Sarah. 
Uh, yeah, no. I maybe. don't believe I've I'm... ever heard his name actually pronounced. Sure. I thing. mean, his last name is Colette Sarah, right? But is it might be Home? That's Spanish, what I was, right? That's what I was thinking. I'm like, maybe Jaime, and I don't know. We but but he's also Catalonian, so who the fuck? I don't know. He's from all over the places. That guy is. This is starring Blake Lively, uh, uh, um, uh, Oscar, another great fun name, Janita, Janita. Sure, <laughs> I don't know. Janita. Uh, Brett Cullen. Brett Cullen. That's a good American Sedona name. Leg. That's a good. That's a, Brett Cullen. That's a good American name. Thank you, sir. <laughs> but uh, uh, so this movie is actually, uh, you know, it didn't perform super super big at the box office, right? Uh, I mean, it it came in fourth. That's not, uh, that's not too bad, I guess, for this type. Of no, thing. and it's it was kind of a middle uh, release. Right? I mean, it went wide, but it was only it was in fewer than three thousand theaters, yeah. so it wasn't like competing with uh, much bigger movies necessarily. Um, but you know, it made it made sixteen point eight. Okay, yeah. This so this, this movie will do, and, okay and it was a seventeen million dollar budget. Yeah. So yeah, this will this they'll be just fine. Yeah. Uh, well, they've already made that. Like, like count. So today's Wednesday, right? Because we yeah. we're, we're, we record on Wednesdays typically uh, these days, um, given all the other recordings we have to get done. Um, and we may start recording shit on Thursdays <laughs> or Fridays <laughs> but, uh, soon. Who knows? But uh, but you know, uh, it's made twenty two million so far. Oh no, so, yeah, they're gonna be a okay. Uh, yeah. And here's the thing, uh, deservedly so. Um, this is here's the thing. And now I'll be honest with you, Matt. I did not really watch the trailers for this. Yeah, sure. Uh, because when it was coming on, I was just like, I felt, because I think I saw like half of the first trailer, and then I felt like while watching, I was just like, I'm going to close my eyes because I feel like I'm going to know everything about this. And so every time it was on in the theaters and stuff, I just closed my eyes. I listened to stuff. And as you guys heard, there's not a ton in it as far as dialogue and everything goes. But I was just like, I, I don't want to know what happens in this movie. And here's uh -huh. the thing. It's, it's nothing too big. This is a... Um, this is just kind of a uh, suspense movie, if you will. Yes. It's not horror. It's not like overly. It's not. Like, it's not an Alexander Aja movie. <laughs> okay. Right. Exactly. It's, that that that's the best comparison I think I can come up with. Is it's not like one of those. Uh, it is a girl who just kind of gets. Uh, she goes out to a beach. We don't know exactly where. Kind of in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, somewhere um, in South America, right? So yeah, somewhere in that uh, somewhere in that region. It's it's a small country. You know, look around a little bit. Uh, but it is, uh, so, I don't know what that means, but she gets dropped off there because her mom had, uh, you know, been there years ago and everything. She's kind of going on a kind of a, 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 a walkabout, if you will, having left medical school and everything. And she's like, yeah. I want to go to this place. And her mother recently died. Right. So yeah. this is like a spiritual thing for her to go to the beach where her mother had, you know, a good time yeah. when she was round about the same age. Yeah, and she was just like, so she's going to medical school and kind of dropped out and everything for the time being uh, so she could go off and have this, you know, I don't want to say crisis of conscience because that's not really what it is, but just kind of a, a head clearing, if you will, of just kind of everything and just needed to be alone for a while. And so she goes out surfing at the exact same spot, you know, so this is not a public beach, really. This is not a, you know... There, you're having to drive through the jungle to get there, so it's yeah. very, very, uh, pretty remote. Yes, and uh, so she goes surfing and everything. See some guys out there. I love how they played the guys off as just like, well, fucking guys, to be honest, and could be seriously fucking creepy <laughs> because yeah. and 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 they're not being that at all. But it's just, but you see it from her perspective, 
and yeah. it's fucking frightening. But they're not. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not. They're not creepy dudes. They're not leery or whatever. They're just. No, they're just regular dudes. They're just but, regular uh, dudes. But, but it's kind of effective to see like what what a regular dude looks like mm-hmm. in a situation where you don't have any. There's like, no outs. Fallback plan, right? Yeah. yeah. There's there's nobody around here. It's just me. These two guys that are out there. Surfing and how and the stuff. fuck do you know? Which is which yeah. is what every everybody's point is all the time. Whenever you talk to women about this stuff, is they're just like, yeah, well, we don't fucking know. So yeah, yeah, you know? and, and and this so this will give you that certain fear because you you sit there and you see those guys, and you're like, oh, this is doom. This is this can't be good. Not gonna something's gonna go wrong with yeah. them. And then thankfully, uh, it doesn't. Oh, I'm so glad because, that because it didn't. other because other shit goes real bad. Yeah, you wouldn't want to give her that complex too. <laughs> it's just like, hey, we're gonna make that worst day even worse. Mm. Oh man! But uh, so she kind of she kind of gets um, stranded out there more or less. Yeah. So so she's out surfing. They go home, uh, right? She's going out one last time to uh, catch some more waves before uh, night starts coming in. People, that's always a bad fucking idea in real life. Don't fucking be yeah, out there with nobody. If everybody else is left, don't go back out. Don't be the only person out there and be a fuck up <laughs> and die because you did something fucking silly or stupid or whatever, but, and you uh, had something. But, I just, so mm. she's out there and uh, she uh, sees this uh, this whale carcass, right, and kind of paddles over to it. And uh, once she gets over there, uh, she finds out, oh, there's something that's been eating this recently. <laughs> this thing and, is dead as fuck, and there's you know, you seagulls and shit everywhere. And there are giant chunks bitten out of it. Oh, it's crazy. And uh, How so, real did that fucking thing look, man? It's pretty good. I don't know I, how they did that, but good on you. But um, So she goes over there and, and like uh, quickly kind of realizes uh, something's wrong. And uh, sure enough, shark attack. Bum, bum, bum. Big big ass bite along her leg. Big ass bite. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks really painful. Yeah. <laughs> Ash, and like. here's the thing, like like I said, while it's not like now while it's not like an Alexander Ja movie, you do get a bit of kind of gory kind of stuff. Yeah, although I have to say, like it, like the most wince inducing thing uh, in the whole in the whole movie for me is when she is. Uh, like when she's escaping from the shark, swimming to that outcrop, right? That that rocky uh, mm-hmm. island that's kind of there when there's low tide. Uh, she she steps on uh, stinging coral. Oh right? which, Jesus! Which like the is, sound like design it, it, is so good. And when it cuts into your skin, right? Oh. Stinging coral feels like you got stung with a jellyfish. In addition to the fact that you just gashed your foot open like you would if you were stepping on regular coral. So. Uh, that shit was the the most wince inducing part for me. Then the, there's some the, other shit that that uh, I mean, and having picked up a jellyfish myself, mm-hmm. whoo, let me tell you. And like, there's a scene in here where you're just like, so, oh god, like like everything in me just kind of shriveled up, going no, yep. no, no. Mm-hmm. Uh, this so this the shark uh is I think pretty efficiently used. They don't mm-hmm. show too much, but it's not exactly pulling a jaws where it's nothing yeah uh, there's the enough of it but there's enough right and there's some really great shots that give you uh like perspective of the situation like nice kind of how stuff. how big the shark actually is right like it's uh this movie um uh, is a really efficiently made thriller mm-hmm. right and I, and I posted on facebook about this but the, like here's how i here's how i think about it right the movie is not a great movie right yeah. it's it's a solid enough movie as a thriller but what makes it almost great 
is how goddamn glorious Blake Lively is in this thing. Oh, she's she fantastic. sells it, right? She yeah. delivers. She sells the character. And oddly enough, my comparison in that same uh, like Facebook post about the film was uh, it's exactly what her husband, Ryan Reynolds, did uh, six years ago in Buried. Yeah. Where, where like he is the whole reason that that movie is almost great. Without that performance from Ryan Reynolds, without this performance from Blake Lively, you have a, a story about a dude trapped in a box or a story about a woman stranded in the middle of this uh, beach. Right. right? I um, will go so far as to say I think Barry is great, but that's just me. Well, I think that movie's great, but I think it's due in large part because to the performance. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like, I mean, like, the directing is really cool on that too, though for the amount yeah. for what well, you have and, to do inside cool of just here a fucking too, box. Which, which is surprising because uh, Colette Sarah has um, well, he directed one really good film, uh, Orphan. Orphan was fucking great. Yeah, he that movie is still his best movie, I think. Mm-hmm. But after that, he he did like um, uh, like a like a couple of those. Uh, oh, he did that Liam fucking Neeson. yeah. He did Unknown, which was god awful. Run all and, night, we didn't and, care for. Nonstop, we thought was okay. Nonstop was all right, right. Um, and Run All Night, I didn't hate, but it was like, yeah, okay, you've made three of these movies oh, now. Oh, he did make House um, of Wax. That was really good. I don't care yeah, what anybody yeah, I, says. Saying, I fucking love I'm that saying, movie. Right? Well, House of Wax was okay. I mean, it's fun, and I enjoy it because uh, what it's supposed to know, be. There, there's some really good kills in that movie. Yeah. Right? Um, but his great his great movie is Orphan. Yeah, I love Orphan. Right? By far his best movie. Uh, and this one gets pretty close uh, and sometimes, but what's really great is he delivers some really stunning visuals here. I mean, the there are gorgeous. there are some overhead shots of this beach uh, that that are almost to the point of like abstract art, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like, holy shit, that's a great shot. Just that is a great shot. And I was not expecting that when I came into this movie at all. Uh, just like the the level of uh, of an eye that is there. Yeah. Uh, for those types of things. Uh, I just wasn't expecting it. And so I was pleasantly surprised just how good this movie looks. And even the parts where there's like spotty, I mean, what what's very obviously uh, budget CG, right? Because uh, it's a low budget movie. It's 17 million, which yeah. sounds like a lot. But when you factor in the fact that like yeah, you're that's not, that's out in the middle of nowhere on an island and like you've got to have a major star there and... <laughs> That, you're shooting on water, which adds another complication. That's nothing. And yeah, there's not a ton of like you know tank but, work here. You can right. What I'm thinking tell. about is specifically the uh, the um, the sequence where she has to swim through the school of jellyfish. Mm-hmm. Right. Very obviously CG, but what makes it work is there's like a weird dreamlike aesthetic to it. Yeah. Of of like she she already is not quite with it because she spent two like a day uh, almost a full day sitting on that rock right mm-hmm. <laughs> so she's not quite with it and i feel like it sells itself a little bit um but uh even that reveal of there being jellyfish right there is uh is really terrific because it's it's she's got this elaborate plan to swim out to this buoy and she gets ready to do it and then all of a sudden she looks down after having waited the like 30 minutes to make sure the plan's going to work or whatever. Uh, and holy shit, there's now jellyfish there. Oh, Fuck, God. Right? <laughs> Fuck that shit. Anyway, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed this movie. I think it's uh, it's quite good, actually. Um, and Blake Lively's amazing in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think uh, 
people should go see it. And people have gone to see it. It, it yeah. didn't perform poorly. Uh, I'll say this. I'm glad those earrings went somewhere because I like those threw me off while in the movie. I'm like, what the fuck are these earrings she's wearing? And it's used for later. But yeah, God almighty. I'm just looking at it just going, who designed this? What fucking what production designer just goes wardrobe just goes, hey, here's what you need. These look fucking stupid. Wear them. Thank well, God they integrated into the story. That was a Chekhov's gun of earrings. Well, they're they're a uh, they're a popular style these days. Are they? Yeah. Right. I mean, I teach college students. Right. Okay, fair. <laughs> like, like I've fair seen enough. these a, a lot. Fair so. enough. Um, but Blake Lively, do some more stuff, man. Between this and uh, what was there was was the other. Uh, God damn it! What was the name of the fucking one? Where Adeline? She was yeah, was that one? Yeah, you this saw year? that one. I didn't. Was that this right? year? I think. I think it was, was last year. Was it last year? Yeah, yeah. Uh, like October or some shit. Yeah, she was really good in that, man. Fucking keep giving this woman roles. Give her good roles, because I think that, you know, as a pretty face, you can just be thrown into some crap a lot of times, you know. Mm-hmm. But she well, can fucking know, she, act, man. She was great uh, in in the town. That's what I say, the town. Yeah, which is quite some time ago now. Um, and I never watched Gossip Girl, but you know that's what took up most of her time uh, for like a decade. Oh, okay, there <laughs> so, you go. Not a decade, like five or six years, All but right. still, that's the thing. I um, never, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you one thing about the show, not a goddamn thing. And I, I know could, that it's narrated by uh, by Morgan heart, Freeman, heart, heartthrob Kristen Bell. Oh, TV heartthrob Kristen. Bell. Who was I talking with? Who we? I could not figure out, like. <laughs> We, did Chris, we talk about her recently yeah. about the about the commercial? Like, not only is she not doing her own laundry, but also why in the fuck is she? Why the fuck are you married to Dax Shepard? First of all, that's what I want to know. That just seems like such a weird ass pairing. I'm just like, well, well I've, I've I've seen plenty of uh, like uh, shows that they do together and stuff, and uh, they're fun together, man. Oh, they are. They absolutely <laughs> are. But it just looks like a, I don't yeah, know. You're just it's like, a, yeah, this goofy fuck. This is like this weird kind of goofy fella. I don't understand. I'm like, good for you, buddy. I mean, like, I'm fucking applauding him over in the corner just going you're an odd strange motherfucker who came to fruition in more jackass movies than anything else so good for fucking you brother yeah all right let's get on to it here's a second new release review here's a trailer for free state of jones keep it fast and stay close to me He died with honor. No, Will. He just died. I'm tired of it. You, me, all of us. We're all out there dying so they can stay rich. Tax collectors coming around here, taking everything. We have nothing for the winner. Girls, you know how to shoot one of these? It's quite normal you got there. Last time I checked, the gun don't care who's pulling the trigger. You know they shoot deserters, don't you? They runaways? They shoot? They're gonna die so they can get rich selling their cotton. That's where we live, too. (laughs) (laughs) No man ought to tell another man what he's got to live for or what he's got to die for. I don't have the patience of five or six deserters hiding out in a swamp. You ready? Just hang him. 
See anything? He's out there. He won't miss this. This fight's for our children and their children's children. From this day forward, we declare the land north of Pascagoula Swamp to be a free state of Jones. They're poor farmers, deserters, who, frankly, sir, don't have much to lose. The winds are shifting. You can't fight it this time. Trailer for Free State of Jones, our second new release review of this week. IMDb plotline, a civil war, <laughs> get it, divides the nation. A poor farmer uh, from Mississippi leads a group of rebels against the Confederate Army. Uh, this is, of course, starring Matthew McConaughey uh, and uh, Carrie Russell. And then you got, uh, who are the other people in this thing? I, forget I believe her name is uh, is pronounced Gugu. Gugu? Like oh. phonetically, yeah, Gugu Mbatha Raw. Okay. She and was then really uh, Marishala Ali, who uh, is going to be Cottonmouth in Luke Cage, if you didn't know. I did not know that. And I like I forget what I've seen this guy in in a bunch. He's in, uh, he's in cards. the last two Hunger Games. He's in House of Cards. That's where I really know him from. He's in, um, oh, shit, what was the, Treme. Mm-hmm. He's in there. He's, he's in a bunch of stuff. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's good. He's good. That mm-hmm. guy's got a good presence to him. I like him a lot, and uh, so and this is uh, directed by Gary Ross, who did a couple of the hung- uh, did the Hunger Game thing there, uh, did uh, Pleasantville, mm-hmm. also did uh, what was the other fucking my brain is kind of he wrote big I remember that yeah did Sea Biscuit the the Sea Biscuits the Sea Biscuit um yeah so I mean serviceable guy I mean I, I don't know that I go so far as to be like an amazing director but one that you can go hey give this to Gary Ross he's gonna get it done well he's more he's more known for his uh, his writing right yeah. I mean, like, anyway, he did big. He did uh, one of those baseball movies, Mr. Baseball. Some Lassie movie. Dave. Oh, fuck me. He did. He wrote Dave. Dave was fucking great, man. He did write Dave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very good. Anyway. So better writer than he is director, but, you know, but a fine enough director. Like I said, very serviceable. Yeah, he's fine. Uh, so what do you what do you think about this movie? Here's the thing. Um, I, I'll be honest with you guys. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen the movie. And I, I know you've so, seen a good portion of things in the movie, but I don't know that you've seen the movie. Maybe not. But here's the thing: um, I didn't walk away with more from this than I really got by watching the trailer. I'll be honest with you. Like I said, it's a good movie. I like it well enough. While watching it, I did enjoy it, mm-hmm. but I didn't. I didn't come away with anything. You know. I think the movie is uh, is actually really good. Um, and, and part of what makes it really good is that it does something that most Civil War movies uh, completely avoid, which is it, it makes the Civil War about the thing the Civil War was fucking about, right? Which is... Uh, Pogo sticks. Well, it was, you know, it's rich white landowners mm-hmm. making poor white people fight for their right to own black people. And that's what the Civil War was in the South. That was the whole reason, right? I can't say that this movie's probably going to do that well because of that, but um, but it's it's at least honest about that shit. 
And what's really remarkable to me about it is not only is it honest about what the war is about, but it shows how fucked up everything in the South was after the war, right? I mean, there are all these little moments that kind of point to the larger picture of things, right? The, the instatement of uh, the reconstruction, right? Military reconstruction in mm-hmm. the late 1800s and um, voting laws and right. Yeah. Like Cause make, the majority of this sure movie takes place enforced. after the emancipation proclamation. Yeah. I mean the majority of the film for sure. Right. Is yeah. after that, like it's an hour and, I don't know, some change, 15 minutes or so. I mean, two hours and 15 minutes. And about, and about an hour and 10, 15 minutes is not even during the war at yeah. all. Um, and what I really did appreciate is it goes kind of step by step using this microcosm of this specific area in Mississippi with these specific characters who are, uh, as far as I know, pretty goddamn close to historically accurate. Hmm. Um uh, using these characters who are real people as a way of demonstrating how the South systematically undid Reconstruction after after the war uh, to further uh, you know enslave Black people mm-hmm. and 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 that really is something that we don't learn about right we we hear things in this country like uh, like Reconstruction was was a failure right. People will say that to you, and, and that's not true. Reconstruction was really successful. And then for 50 years, all of the southern Confederate states passed laws which undermined Reconstruction's goals and purposes, and that's why it failed. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a failure in its implementation or what it actually achieved. It was the active disintegration of it by the South. Um. And I just think that's really remarkable. I've never seen a movie that really gets at the heart of it like that. Whereas me, my my mine is uh mine's a little bit more like this. Mm-hmm. Just just say slavery. Slavery it is, sir. Yes, I am a citizen. <laughs> because that's about all I know. It's like no, what's the Civil War about? But, uh, it, but it's true, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, but, no, no. But no, you just don't hear slavery. that shit in any other fucking movies. I mean, this one like puts it all right there, right? This is the thing. None of this fucking talk about uh, King Cotton, right? Cotton only matters as long as you have slaves that can pick it. That's the true. the the truth of the of the economic uh, reality of of the South at this time was that the slave population was worth so much more than cotton or indigo or rice had ever been worth. That that's why they were fighting about property. It had nothing to fucking do with with the cotton itself. It had to do with the fact that the slave labor was what made cotton viable. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, there's a little bit of like a white savior thing going on. A touch. And, I'm, and, and that's right on, right? Like, like I'm not denying that. Uh, what but I if it's historically accurate, it's historically keep in mind, accurate. though, is that, is that this actually did happen. Right. Newton Knight really did this shit. And uh, he did live with uh, with a freed woman. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, As his wife until he died. He really did that shit. He did have friends who were uh, black, um, which in and of itself is actually kind of a rarity. Right. The the most unbelievable portion of 12 years a slave for me 
is Brad Pitt's angle in that thing. Oh, it, he, now if right? there ever was a white savior, that was it in that flick. Holy yeah, I mean, fuck. right? Like he he looks like he's fucking Jesus in that movie. He's got the long hair. Right? He's been bespecting white. But, but here, like, there's a a hint of that, but it really, I think accurately portrays the historical reality of what that was when this happened because uh like african americans didn't have power during the war right and we're going to get we're going to get an alternative telling of how this power was gained in some way later this year when uh the birth of a nation comes out and i can't fucking wait to see that movie that either. movie like even like the first trailer great that movie Second will be trailer, so much better great. than free state of jones i think oh my but, god but yeah. like i think it'll make a really interesting comparative viewing because of how differently the history of the south and the civil war and slavery is portrayed in this film and for sure in the birth of a nation than we've ever seen Birth of a Nation production people, whoever is 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 cutting them trailers, good fucking job. They're, Every they're single one is good. great, man. The, damn the, good the fucking trailers. teasers I saw months ago yeah. were good. Yeah. And then the the first trailer that came out that had uh, Strange Fruit, right? That mm-hmm. song over it. Fucking amazing. Is it? The newest one yeah. that I, I believe started this weekend. I didn't see it last weekend. Not that I can remember. I saw the old trailer last weekend. Yeah, I think yeah, I saw the new one I think twice this week, so that's it feels older but almost. That movie <laughs> looks fucking great. And I can't wait to see it. And uh I, I I don't know. I want people to go and see Free State of Jones. Very rarely. Very rarely at Sundance do people win grand jury and audience. And audience. That's yeah. that's fucking rare. Yeah, it's usually split some way. Yeah. Uh um, but here's the anyway. thing. Now here's what I want to talk about before we wrap this one up. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Um is do we need because it comes out of nowhere about about halfway plus through the movie out of nowhere comes a scene from 80 years later uh-huh. uh and then what the, the I entire really like hour that, that we'll tell you, why. you like that because I hate it well look, I get what it's I trying think, to say but I don't know that it needs to I don't know that it belongs in this movie I think it for sure does I think I think part of the problem is I think that it's um well let's tell them what it is so, so 80 years in the, in the future, one of Newton Knight's ancestors, right, his great-great-great-grandson, um, is married. And the state of Mississippi is, uh, like, uh, taking him to trial because he was the, the product of Newton's second not-marriage but relationship with Rachel, who was, uh, you know, a former slave, which under Mississippi law in the 50s, right, um, Meant that meant that he was in violation of and here's uh, the thing of law to let people know because he was one eighth. Yeah, this Africa. guy. If you saw him on the street, you go, "That's a white dude." Well, I that's mean, the outside- whole that's the whole point, right? Yeah, Is well, that like no. these laws were so absurd and and part of what I like about it is it it demonstrates, I think, quite uh, successfully in the theme, if not in the execution, that. This stuff that happened during the Civil War, right? Everything that Newton Knight thought about, fought for, everything that, that was achieved with the South's defeat, everything that was achieved through Reconstruction, 80 years later, completely fucking gone. No, I mean, I get it. I, I, and, and here's the thing. I like those scenes. I think they're done really, really well. Everybody's great in them. I just, it felt like it... I, I get I, I get 100%, but I just, it, it feels like it fucked up the flow. awkwardly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Right? Put it somewhere I, in there, but I, but I don't that know that it needs works. to be there. 
It's just an awkward uh, handling of it. No, okay, I'll agree with that. That's what, that's. I guess that's pretty much my statement. Is like the scene is great. I love. I mean, I love but, what but it's saying. But that's not the only awkward but thing. It's bizarre. Right? Like, for as much as I liked this movie, there are a few other things editing wise uh, that I think are a little awkward as well. Right. Um, the way that it handles timelines uh, sometimes. Right. It's like, well, why aren't you showing that thing? It just you don't have a real outside of like the eighty-five years later thing. You don't get a lot of sense of time mm-hmm. proper. Yeah, I mean there are, there are time there are like you know there are intertitles that come up every once in a while like July eighteen sixty. Yeah, but it just doesn't. It, that 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 just might as well say any fucking thing. Yeah. Right. You know. I mean, yeah, I mean, fucking like, five years later would tell us more than an arbitrary date because we're like, oh, oh fuck. Well, what 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 date have we been watching for the past 20 well, the minutes? The only time that that's handled really effectively is after the war uh, when, um, uh, fuck, when uh, Ali's character, uh, Moses, right? Mm-hmm. When, when he's going around signing up sla- uh, former slaves to vote because they've mm-hmm. got the voting right now. Um, that is the only time I felt like I had a sense of this is definitely this period. Yeah. Because I know when that happens. Well, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's done. That relative whole, to that to whole this, bit the, was done masterfully well. Really, really yeah. like that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know that anybody needs to go out to see this, but strong rental for sure. Yeah, I think it's a strong rental as well. So, all right, let's get into it. Here is the trailer for the next one. We don't stop so over here, kids. We keep on going. Here's a trailer for Independence Day Resurgence. It's been 20 years. Still gonna take your father to the anniversary. We wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him. On this day in 1996, the world escaped the clutches of extinction. Your father was the bravest man I've ever seen. We all lost someone we love. But in their sacrifice, we found the technology to build a stronger and safer Earth. Because our survival is only possible when we stand together. Oh my God. A distress call. Why are they screaming? They're not screaming. They're celebrating. They're coming back. It has its own gravity. Up must come down. Shouldn't we be nervous? Um, yeah. Our whole lives built up to this moment. It's touchdown over the Atlantic. Which part? All of it. Make them pay. Not going up there to make friends. We've got to remind them Earth is not for the taking. to get us ready. We're going down! We never had a chance. We didn't last time either. We convinced an entire generation that this is a battle that we could win. We sacrifice for each other no matter what the cost. And that's worth fighting for. It's the 4th of July. So let's show them some fireworks. Hold on! 
They'd like to get the landmarks. What? No, welcome to Earth? Oh man, a little bit. Oh, that's a that's such a bummer. That was the trailer for Independence Day Resurgence, our third, you heard it, third new release review of this week. IMDB plotline. Two decades after the first Independence Day invasion, Earth is faced with a new extra solar threat. But will mankind's new space defenses be enough? This is directed by Roland Emmerich, starring Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman. We've got uh, 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 Judd Hirsch in there, Brent Spiner. There is a shitload of people in here. Vivian a. Fox is a Vivek, yeah, William Hensworth, um, Jesse Mike T. Monroe. Usher, yeah, so tons yeah. of people. There's like 58 fucking people in this movie, mm-hmm. plus a couple more extras. Um, now, back in the day, 20 years ago, back in the motherfucking day, uh, Independence Day came out uh, to thunderous applause and high ticket sales. Will Smith well, owned the fucking summer, sale. man. People fucking went to that movie. People like that movie. Oh, yeah. You can say whatever the fuck you want. People fucking like that movie. Uh, it, look, I'm not. I'm not saying people don't like it. I'm saying it was mostly uh, high ticket sales. That- look, I'm not saying the fucking the <laughs> best of the best critics were like this is a masterpiece of old time. They were probably like, eh, it's but, fair. But to I Midland. went to see it three fucking times. I fucking totally saw this at least twice. Uh, but it was a big thing, man. Um, it was one of the early DVDs I owned back in the day. Same. Um. And I liked it well enough, and, you know, I think you posed this question on, on Facebook, which I thought was interesting, or somebody did. Um, what time have we seen it when movies, like, decades later have a sequel, and that sequel has ever really worked? Uh, I didn't pose that. But I, I don't know who it. did, but I just... It was uh, a critic that I know. Okay. Uh, well, it was the article was written by Drew McWeeny over at HitFix. I God think. damn it! Why did I give that fucker credit? But but I think <laughs> uh, sh- oh, fuck Sean Sean McClanahan. Do you know that guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he posted that. I'm pretty sure. Okay, I knew somebody. I knew one of my film dork friends did. So <laughs> uh, so anyway, um, look, I I don't know the answer to that question. I'm not sure that Independence Day Resurgence is successful. Uh, Twenty years later. But uh, I I enjoyed it. Oh, Matthew, Matthew, uh-huh. Matthew! My goodness gracious! Now, last not, week it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> last week I chided 2012 uh, for being the movie that that is. Roland Emmerich did that uh, obviously uh, in 2012. Because uh, <laughs> if you can do, well, math. he made it in 2009. It came out. Did it? Because it was banking on people being scared yeah, about. Yeah, that was really that was a while back, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Man, oh man. Um, I, I chided that movie, and and I and with this new movie, I like I like 2012, which I didn't much care for better than I like this movie. And the, I don't care I for. And I don't I, care for 2012. I think that's a fair assessment. Look, I'm not defi- I'm not saying go and see this fucking movie. Apparently, no one did. I'm well. I mean, it's number two at the box office so for a movie that. Went than but like for a movie that was like numero uno at the box office and was like the motherfucking thing. That's true. Although you know, it its opening weekend back then was only like fifty million, which is I I know like ninety million now almost, but still. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, five day total. Well. Five day total is, I mean, yeah. So forty nine versus ninety six. I don't think that Independence Day Resurgence is not going to make its money back. That's ninety six, ninety six million in nineteen in like nineteen ninety six money, guys. Yeah. Jesus, 
But, um, I mean, it's already made the budget back worldwide. Look. Uh, Thanks, worldwide I'm, audiences, I'm not, for just going I, to anything that blows up. Hey, that's where our honest to God. That's where they give a shit about it making money. Oh, and here's the thing. Now, so it let, doesn't matter. Well, let's talk about this real quick because, again. Well, I didn't even say anything about the movie. Oh, well, go ahead. Say something about it because I, I do want. <laughs> I was going to talk about the movie. What do you think I was well, going to talk about, Shoes? Well, what I was, all I was saying right before, you, before we diverged into box office territory with 96 there. No, I was going back uh, to the movie. Is is uh, what I was saying is um, I don't think you should rush out and see this thing. No, uh, because it's not good. But there's something about like just some of the shit in it that I personally enjoyed so much. It's dumb. Uh, like the the way they handled Brent Spiner's return. So bizarre. So fucking weird. And I loved it. I loved that shit because I'm like, what. The- this makes no sense. It's amazing that he's here again and and uh, just has been in a coma for 20 years. But as soon as he wakes up, back the fuck at it, right? Ready <laughs> to roll. Um, Jeff Goldblum, a national goddamn treasure in every fucking thing he's I, in. Uh, uh, there, there's uh, going to be aliens here, and we're going to uh, one of the uh, One of the best Facebook pages, by the way. You know what I'm going to say? I do. It's the same picture of Jeff Goldblum. Every day. And they post it every day, right around 3, 3.30. Mm-hmm. Every day. Same picture of Jeff Goldblum. National fucking treasure. I will say this, though. One of those pages, easiest page to ever fucking do. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep doing it. I don't give a fuck. I mean, Let's do it. You can program them months in advance. Oh, I know. It's, I mean, I, uh, it's smart. The, <laughs> the other thing uh, that I really did like is it is fucking bonkers watching a giant independence day alien running across the goddamn desert. And I loved that shit too. Cause I was like, this is 50 sci-fi. This is fucking 1950 sci-fi, which is what independence day has always been right. Like independence day was a 1950s science fiction invasion flick yeah. that took place in 1996. And this is just them doing that again, except now there's also a giant monster that's attacking people, which is also 50 sci-fi. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Fu- I just did. the visual of that shit. I was like, yeah, that's I did. good. I thought about this earlier. I, I finally did the math proper. Uh-huh. In this movie, Jeff Goldblum is two years older than Judd Hirsch was during the first movie, where he was an old cranky man then. Yeah. <laughs> so great well i mean judd hirsch i mean what do you think he's gonna do he's just gonna get older and crankier that's right i'm going straight to the grave cranky yeah it's good judd hirsch <laughs> <laughs> i like but it's just like it's just vaguely jewish so it's like hey that's a good judd hirsch <laughs> just a vaguely jewish impression that's all you got to do and then yeah, you just go judd like hirsch. you're like hey man that's also that that's also a great Rodney Dangerfield. There's so many great people that could be just like, hey. but, but I will say this movie is as bad as 2012, I think. Yeah, it's not good. Here's the thing, man. And and but I, but I am gonna stick by like I enjoyed it and it's garbage. But sometimes I like garbage. Sometimes I want the shitty McDonald's hamburger. Now, Matthew, I've never toured the White House <laughs> myself. I don't know that you have. Uh, have you, you never done? You never what? No, I've never toured the White House. Have you ever had the chance to do that? Uh, no. Okay. Because as much as I like uh, museums and stuff, that tour actually seems really boring. You can't go anywhere that's interesting. The Oval Office you get to see is a fucking replica or some shit. What is that about, right? Because you can't go in there. He's he's doing work, man. I get it. But, like, don't well, offer a fucking tour. He's not always in there. 
yeah, it doesn't matter, right? But it's like if if you're not going to go into the real one, don't offer a tour that says you can see the Oval Office. <laughs> I've got a great just one. fucking go everywhere else in the like. Here's the fucking Lincoln bedroom, and here's the fucking washroom or whatever the fuck. Like, why did like, I? That's fine, but why why is there a goddamn replica? Either take me to the real fucking thing or don't. Here's the thing. I don't know why I thought about Obama doing it. I mean, because he's the president, I guess. But really, it's probably more of a, a George W. thing. But I, when we pictured, like, the reason why we, why, like, why would we not want anyone to go in the Oval Office? I, I just saw, I just saw Obama sitting behind a desk. He had some paperwork out. He was doing it. But at the same time, he had an ice cream float. <laughs> Yeah, and that's well, why I mean, we can't let that, it. It's like, hey, look, man, shit, right? he like, can't be solving world problems while drinking an ice cream float. That's no damn good. So well, we don't also, let him you in know, there. You know what? Probably fucking put an end to it. I bet it was Nixon. I bet there was a tour that came through one day, mm, and yeah. somebody drank his fucking Dr Pepper, <laughs> and that was the end of it. You sons of bitches! Sons of bitches! That's my afternoon Dr Pepper with my goddamn. M&Ms. That's true. It's just called. Guess what? No one's coming in here anymore. Elvis ruined it for you, motherfucker. Thanks, Elvis. Jackass. This movie though is sorely lacking a Will Smith, and I was bringing that up because I was bringing up the tour of the White House because how often do we see a dead fighter pilot and a painting on the fucking wall inside of the White House? I don't well, know that I've never been there, so I don't know that that's not a thing. But I can't it's imagine not, but that I can being ima- a thing. I can't imagine it being a thing if he's one of the five people that saved the world twenty years ago. But a painting. Maybe yeah, a why maybe a plaque somewhere. Fucking, no, they get paintings up in there of all the important people. Look, if if you can have a <sighs> fucking Benjamin Franklin on a goddamn bill, That's you can true. put a fucking fighter pilot that saved the goddamn world. And a fucking oil painting in the White House. I do how I I'm just saying that's the least ludicrous thing about this fucking movie. You want to know what the most ludicrous thing is, but it's also the greatest thing ever. Is no that, woman sh- bothers shaving. Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> uh, but no, how how we fucking like we, for a while it was going to be like who are we going to take off? We're going to take Hamilton off the ten dollar bill in a fucking musical, put enough resurgence into that guy's bank account, more or less. Uh, uh-huh. That we're like, nah, we can't be taking him off of that. He was in a successful play, uh, <laughs> so yeah. that's so bizarre that they were just like, that's that was kind of the thing that was involved with that, and yet we still just kind of go, what, really? Okay, weird. Um, that's I mean, look, it's a, it's a fucking Roland Emmerich movie. Shit blows up. The day is yeah. saved. Look, what do you do gotta you, know? Do you want to go and eat some popcorn and watch some shit blow up and see giant fucking space aliens? For me, God, I dig all of that, but yeah, I was so do fucking it. bored with this movie. Fuck, I was bored. I don't think it's boring. I think that it's missing like uh, like an act in there somewhere. Well, I mean, honestly, right? God, like, I mean, I think it's missing Will Smith. Is, this kid can't. I'm like, I'm not saying he's a bad actor or nothing, but he doesn't have the presence he, that Big I, Willie style does. But I don't even know that it's that. I think like like the battles outside of just the visual of that final thing where the like the queen's ship is tracking the the ball right outside of that i don't think there's a memorable action sequence in this movie there are a couple no. of uh, like really elaborate destruction sequences but there were like really good like that that a uh, uh, dog fight in the canyon in the first film yeah, that's what I was. That's that's right? that's a that's a big moment. Which is a Will Smith scene, but like I feel like if if it weren't Will Smith, that scene could still be really good because like it's a dogfight. Yeah, there's none of that in this. There's just right? so like, it's like we can do so much, so let's do so much. Yeah, and for a movie that's two hours and uh, I think two hours exactly, right? Yeah, it's it's long. Right about uh, for a movie that's that long, 
there's not a whole lot that happens. And that third act, the third act, right, where the where the queen actually leaves the ship feels like it's just fucking happening and then over. And then and then, hey, it's the end of the movie. Yeah. I wanted to, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna get into. I our, wa- you know what I really wanted? I wanted Micah Monroe to actually kick some fucking ass in this movie. I don't even remember her character. That's she's how she's the president's daughter, right? Oh yeah, Who she's in there. Yeah, she was in it. Follows and the guest and right like. It's uh, like I look at her and I'm just, just like I know her from some major role. Yeah, and uh, I really just wanted her to like kick some ass, but she really doesn't get a chance to. Well, you know what we can only say to that, right? What? Now, which way to the welfare office? What? <laughs> uh, I wanted right. to, I wanted to play that. The oh, other thing, I will I say, shout out to uh, President William Fickner. <laughs> President William Fickner. Hell if, yeah! If that is the state our society is in, I thought there was. I thought there was a lady president. Oh yeah, there was. But remember, she dies and he gets sworn in. <sighs> Jesus Christ! It shows how much I paid attention to this movie. It was Maybe boring. Maybe you didn't enjoy it because you weren't paying any fucking attention to how boring. stupid it was. I was falling asleep. Now, here's a movie. That's why you don't go to movies at midnight. I don't. (laughs) I don't. I go to them at fucking 10 o'clock in the morning like a madman. How do you fall asleep in this thing? It's so goddamn loud. I wish it was. I was like sitting second fucking row. Well, I I was awake the whole thing. It was a visual feast, (sighs) but not nearly as visual feasty as our (laughs) last Here's the trailer for The Neon Demon. I see 20 or 30 girls come in here every day from small towns with big dreams. Some girls crack under the pressure. You, you're going to be great. feel like you walk into a room it's like in the middle of winter you're the sun it's everything you know what my mother used to call me was the trailer for Neon Demon, our last new release review of this week. IMDb plotline. When aspiring model Jessie moves to Los Angeles, her youth and vitality are devoured by a group of beauty-obsessed women who will take any means necessary to get what she has. This is uh, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, written by him, as well as Mary Laws and Polly uh, Sturm. I believe you can say that right. Starting, yeah. And uh, starring uh, Elle Fanning, Christina, uh, Christina Hendricks. I can't never say Christina right for half the time because there's always 18 different. No, it's Christina. No, it's Christana. No, it's Christine. Jesus Christ. Get it together, people. Keanu Reeves, uh, uh, Jenna Malone, uh, Bella Hearthcote, uh, Abby Lee, and a handful of others. Yeah, Bella Heathcote and Abby Lee are fucking great in this movie. 
Yeah. Um, so I would say that uh-huh. by and large, uh, we're Nicholas Winding Refn fans, I would say, yeah? Drive was my favorite movie of 2011, and I, I might be one of the only people on Earth who love the movie he made after that. Only God forgives. No, I, I know a lot of people that like that. I know a lot of people that fucking hate that shit too. So yeah, I, I feel like I know a lot of people who just really passionately hate that, and a lot of people who are like okay with it. But I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite and, is still Bronson. I, I still that's to me that's his favorite. I mean, I I, yeah, I love my dog Bronson. after that, but that movie and of course Charles Bronson himself. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Bronson, like Valhalla Rising, I really like that. Have you seen Valhalla Rising, Adam? I I didn't the, like. I almost did when it came out, but I just I I didn't get around it, to you, it. It was on Netflix for a long time. Yeah, I don't think I still, it's it's on there. And anymore. I still like I had it in my queue forever and ever in a day. But it was just like one of those things where you can't just passively watch a a Refn film. Yeah, I mean Valhalla Rising and Only God Forgives are like uh like cousins. Uh, I think is is a like is a nice reference point because uh both of those movies have shots in them that are so slow the movie like the frame is almost not advancing (laughs) uh which is something i really like actually um and and refin of course is a big fan of slow motion it's it's prominently used in all of his films Mm -hmm. um because i think first first and foremost he is a he's a, a guy who's primarily interested in aesthetics he's a very visual think, guy yeah right he's it's a fair thing and it's not just that it's sound design mm-hmm. right it, it's the look and the feel and the sound is what he's he a wants big you creating a moment what you're yep. what you're supposed to feel during that movie be it visually be right. it auditorily that he's into i want to make you feel this way and, and so drive is his biggest hit still i mean by far yeah. right like mm-hmm. Uh, that movie cleared like 38 million domestically. I forget what it made uh, uh, worldwide. Um, and every movie but that has not made more than a million dollars domestic. Right. And people mostly like Drive, but there is also a very vocal hatred of that movie as well. And I understand because, where that hatred comes from. And it comes from the marketing. Yeah, well, that's I a think, lot of it, right? Yeah, because sure because they the... marketed that movie as like Fast and Furious, right? That's yeah. what it was. Like, this is a car race movie. He is a getaway driver, which is all true, but, but it's a it's an art film, yeah. right? And uh, I only bring up Drive and and what it's like because uh, Neon Demon is a horror film, but it's all it is mostly an art film in much the same way that drive is mostly an art film Mm -hmm. and more so than drive, which I, you know, if I'm going to make parallels between Valhalla rising and only God forgives, I think neon demon and drive have a lot of parallels as well because they're both very neon influenced movies. And I mean that in every sense of the, <laughs> the possibility of what neon could mean, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they, I don't think it's a coincidence that both of them take place in Los Angeles and, and have this look about them, right? Uh, Winning Refn does not seem to be particularly fond of L.A., as far as I can tell in his movies. Uh-huh. Um, because it's, it, is, it is the seediest city in the world in a Wendig Refn film and neon demon is no different. In fact, seedier here than 
even hinted at in Drive, I think. Yeah, I could that. Anyway, uh, we can, we, I think we're going to have a fairly uh, chunky discussion of this movie. Um, How dare you describe where, it to everyone? Where, where, do you, uh, where do you fall on this? Well, I want to get your opinion on some stuff because I have some really, I have some interesting ideas that I want to kind of uh-huh. lay down. And I think you got a lot, I think you're, you probably have some more concise ideas and stuff for this movie than, than I do. But I've I, been I, thinking about it nonstop. Because I have a very interesting. I mean, nonstop. Because so. uh, overall, I'll, I'll, just to give you maybe a slight warning, um, I, I think you probably like this far more than I did. Now, I'm not going to say that I disliked it, because that's not that's that's not a true statement. Oh, I, I will say that that's probably likely for most people who will see this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, I, I didn't I did not dislike this movie. I'll go ahead and say that I didn't dislike the movie. I think the performances were very interesting. Uh, Reverend makes a fucking pretty film. I don't care who you are. Uh, even if you're just like, mm, maybe not my bag, you look at it and just go like, you could take any frame of this and just go look at this, you know, awesome looking frame. That's I want to take well. frames of this movie and like, uh, enlarge them and put them on giant, uh, wall size posters. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I mean like a lot of, you could really do like, that'd actually be an interesting, uh, a feat there is to do a, uh, just kind of a retrospective of all his films in large print. Yeah. Uh, as, as large gallery prints, I think that would actually be quite interesting. I'd go. I'd go to that. I'd just have it in my fucking house, like uh, <laughs> like how uh, uh, Sydney Poitier, the girl Sydney Poitier, uh, has that uh, giant um, movie uh, frame enlargement in her living yeah. room in Death Proof. Good stuff. Um, but so, look. Um, okay, so. Matt, this this movie, like a lot of a lot of like a lot of reference stuff, can be, you know, construed in a lot of different ways. Yep. There's a lot of different things that go down. Um, some people over some of his films have not had nice things to say uh, about him, or you know, his kind of what what he puts on film. Some people right. find not just this movie, obviously, but other movies as well. Uh, just offensive stuff, or just that, like he's just he's an he's an odd duck. First of all, I think we can all go ahead and agree on that one. Well, I think he's singular in a very specific way, right? He is. And you watch the you watch this movie. If you did not know he was directing it, you would go, "Oh, this is his movie." Right. I mean, of course, like if you were to watch this movie, there's no way to know to not know that he's not directing it because uh, he does what might be my favorite thing I've ever seen in an art movie. Uh, which is during the entirety of the title sequence, NWR is very prominently displayed dead fucking center in the bottom half of the screen, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fashion design thing, right? And he's gotten a lot of flack about uh, like the design of this movie uh, and specifically like his own uh, <laughs> like inflated ego and narcissism with having his initials there. But like that's the, it's like, if you're thinking about a movie that takes place uh, in the fashion industry, right? That's that's Michael Kors, right? It's mm-hmm. the fucking M for Michael Kors shit right there on the title card. That's all that is. Look at you knowing purses. I fucking know all kinds of shit. <laughs> I watch Project Runway, sir. Hey, well, there you go. But um, yeah, he. <laughs> so his biggest criticism tends to be that women are not treated particularly well in his films, and I and I, I think, think that's a fair the, criticism. The argument, yeah. Uh, because they're not right. I mean, famously, uh, the only uh, female character of uh, outside of the love interest in Drive, right? Christina Hendricks, Doesn't um, well. get, gets her like scalp blown off by a shotgun. Uh, so, 
so it's not necessarily like like a charge that he he's not making um films that can be seen or, or viewed as misogynistic in some way yeah um and here i mean but here's the thing you can also look at a paper plate and go that's misogynist if you want to but but right here uh he tried to kind of curb some of that by bringing in two very prominent playwrights i mean uh you know the first pass of this uh script he he co-wrote with um uh polly stanham who is like one of the uk's like biggest young screenwriter or uh, playwrights i mean she's really in demand and uh she left the screenplay uh after that first pass with him because she like was gonna go and stage a play like she got funding to do the play that she had been trying to get off the ground lord knows if you get money for a play you go do that shit because you're coming around like a fucking bus every 15 minutes right and so uh like after that happened he found another like uh playwright mary laws who uh came out of one of the mfa programs here in the states and um has has done a few things on stage uh and is well well regarded and so i think he tries to curb that and and i think that's a smart move because this movie uh fucked up things happen to women in it Mm -hmm. and because of the dual uh like (laughs) the dual threat of that also being done to them by women right like this portrayal of like women as yeah, monsters most, and most women of the, as victims. Most of the really horrible things that happen to women happen from other women. And I will say one of the things that even got me cringing and I was like, oh, this is almost too much was uh, there's a there's like a, a nightmare that she has where Keanu Reeves' character, the, this like seedy uh, fucking uh, landlord at this rundown motel breaks into a room mm-hmm. and uh, starts like she's asleep, right? And uh, like starts putting his uh like pocket knife in her in her mouth oh my god just so and fucking even that cool, i was Jesus. like okay this this is gonna get criticism and i there's no way to defend this right mm-hmm. i get what he's doing right it's it's all about la and the way that uh the fashion industry girl treats from people girl and from how, out of nowhere comes to the comes to the big city to make it big and everything and can only afford to stay in this right. sleazebag hotel and everything and the ne'er-do-wells with which are surely to follow and you know uh so i can't defend it right and i i get what he's doing but it's fucking uh, and it, creepy and it works like it's a motherfucker, really effective though, it? at making you uneasy right mm-hmm. yeah it does um, what it's supposed to and and when you find out that that's not even the actual threat i think it makes it even more effective right because uh like she gets away from that mm-hmm. no problem and then things go really bad later. So there, right? The, so the story, uh, right, is just uh, Jessie L. Fanning uh, is 16. She's moved to L.A. Um, she's trying to break into the fashion industry. Everybody constantly talks about how gorgeous she is. Uh, there are these two uh, models who have been doing stuff for a while, but uh, have not quite reached the heights of success that they had hoped. Right? This mm-hmm. is where Bella Heathcote and Abby Lee. Um, who used to be known as Abby Lee Kershaw, uh, but anyway, now is just Abby Lee. Um, you, can't, like you, become, can't, you can't trade on Kershaw. Come on. They bec- I know. I'm just saying. Uh, I mean, you can if you're a model. I don't know if it plays if you're an actress. Right? Mm, true. Um, but uh, Kershaw's too close to Crenshaw, which also is in L.A. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but so they become like slightly jealous of how fast she's rising, right? How, how people pay attention to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and along the way, she also befriends uh, this makeup artist 
Ruby, played by Jenna Malone, who might be one of the, my favorite characters in any film I've ever seen, uh, just because of how fucking amazingly performed she is. Like, Jenna Malone's amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's also just this fucking wacko goddamn character. And we can talk about spoilers if you want to. I don't uh, want. I don't really want but to because I, really I, I think this is talk movie, about yeah. too much. Because uh, look, we let's. I think the real spoiler I want to talk about is uh, so so things don't end up going so hot for Jesse and uh, Ruby and uh, uh, Gigi or yeah Gigi and uh, Sarah right the the two models mm -hmm. uh, Ella Heathcote and Abby Lee's characters. Um, uh, basically, like uh, corner her at the end of the film. And she doesn't really survive. We can we can spoil that because uh, that shit is not even the wild thing. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of crazier stuff that comes after that, but it, things take so, a turn. So the, so the one spoilery thing around that that I'm curious to to hear your take on is uh, well, let's leave that to the we'll, we'll put that to the after show. Okay. So fine. let me ask you this, Matt. Uh huh. Yeah. Sure. Uh, before we start to kind of maybe wrap down, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what yeah, your I mean, thoughts we're a little are on, on my thoughts. But what is what is this movie about? I think that it's about a lot of things. But uh, what I've been thinking a lot about since I've seen it is um, like trading on beauty alone is very dangerous. Uh no matter who you are. And I think the, like even Refn uh, is kind of like winkingly saying that about himself a little bit here. Um, but I think it's just like, like, honestly, I really just think that uh, Refn hates Los Angeles. I really <laughs> do think that's what it is. Um, Here's what I think this movie is about. All right. This movie it, it, it's funny how, you know, because you post up a thing there, people bitching about the misogynistic blah, 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 whatever. Um, and I'm like, I don't think this movie has to do with anything with that. I think the fact that there are females in it, I think this is just a way for him to tell this story that he's telling. And I think the story he's telling is a story of Nicholas Winding Refn. I think that's part of it, right? I think, uh, I think because, this movie he, he is a symbolization success. of his career. Well, he had this, the fast success with Drive, right? And then Only God Forgives comes out. And then, like, he couldn't get a fucking movie made for four years. Mm -hmm. And right? how, I mean, like, that's exactly. But part like of you it. know, it's it's the whole beauty thing. It's like you know, what's it like to walk into a party and have everybody look at you? And like you know, when he was out doing his stuff with like that with Bronson and when Drive and stuff, it was that kind of like he was this new it kid, man. And we yep. were like, where is this guy gonna go? And there's always gonna be somebody younger, somebody hipper, somebody always kind of chomping at your heels who wants what you got and will fucking take it from you. And, yeah. um, and, but this is a, and I don't mean this in a horrible way. This is a very narcissistic film. Like you said, from the front, you have, uh, you know, NWF right there on front of the screen. This, uh, and, uh, and I don't mean this in a bad way. This is Nicholas winning ref and jerking off. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I, and I, I like it. <laughs> I do too. I do too. Like, but like, that's what this movie, to me, that's what this movie was about is him just, this was him kind of exercising all of the shit uh, of his career. That's what it felt like to me. Well, yeah, I think, I think that's, uh, that's a good, a good interpretation. 
right? I mean, I don't think that's all that's going on, but I'm I think sure there's it's one more, of the many things going that's on. That's the big thing, because, I mean, I even got that probably about less than halfway, well, probably when they started the modeling walk and everything. It's just like, of which, when you watch that, if you know anything about models and stuff, the other two girls got it 100% right. Yeah. They fucking know how to walk. Elle Fanning didn't have a model walk at all. It's because she's she very there, different, right? Which is also part of what they liked about her. Exactly, exactly. Right? Which is again things that people liked about Reffin. It's like, wow, this guy's doing stuff that's really fucking weird and different than anybody else is doing, and other people want that. And there's always going to be somebody else out there who can do something and have a little bit of visual, a little bit of strive. But here's the thing, man. Uh, Elle Fanning's character didn't have a lot of substance to her either. That's the big thing. Uh, I don't know that she has to. No, right? she doesn't have to, but she, because, she certainly didn't. So at the same time, I think he also knows that he's I, also kind of full of shit in a way. Well, I, I don't I don't think that she doesn't have substance. Not deep what systems. I, what I think is going on there is if we're talking about it in your terms, right? It's that we're we're not allowed to see beyond a certain point okay. with her. And it has to do with her having closed off her past not having any friends in the city, right? Like, what would we possibly learn about her? Mm -hmm. Right? Because what we end up knowing at the end of the day is that she's a pretty face and she's like a model, right? Which and, is, and, and here's the thing, too. Which and, and is I'm, a lot of it. And I'm not, and, and I'm not, and I'm not bashing Elle Fanning here, but she's a very non-traditional in, in the kind of modeling world. And and it is and it is yeah, that. but you know you know if you watch a lot of modeling shit, oh no like, no 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 no, I, do, I, I on, completely right? do. Like, I'm talking that's, about that's against, a thing that happens oh, all the time. Hundred percent. Like let's get that shit. I'm not that's saying what, that this isn't a thing that could happen. I'm just saying yeah. in the traditional sense because the other girls that she's paired up with are very are far more you know traditional model, if you will. Yeah, well, I mean, Abby Lee is a model, right? Yeah. So, uh, oh, you look at him and you're just like, how can these gorgeous women not be models? Because <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, yeah. and I, I mean, want to give him a coat's like an actress, right? But, I want to uh, give this motherfucker a round of applause, Nicholas Winding Refn. Throughout this entire movie, I go, this guy's a fucking genius. Just write a movie about just you know, just being like every day you're gonna go to work going, I'm just gonna be surrounded by just absolutely gorgeous women. You're a genius, sir. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but like I think every day is gonna being, be gorgeous. I think that them being <laughs> women is also important to what the film is is talking about uh which is uh which is on some level the nature of beauty itself and how destructive it can be and, and how and like, this people aren't industry... going to want to hear it people aren't going to want to hear it but women are the worst to women in a lot well, of cases well i mean so. most people are worst to women yeah maybe but women hate <laughs> but, just i always say no one hates but, a woman more think, than a woman but i think specifically within this industry that is that is something that he's getting at right mm -hmm. that like the modeling industry is so cutthroat that literally sometimes maybe you're going to cut cut some throats. Uh, it's and, just like, oh, uh, you're 21. Why don't you just put you out to fucking pasture? You know? Yeah, so. I mean that's a line that gets in there, right? It's like, why don't you just fucking retire, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you look at, at this woman film. sitting on the couch going, "She's fucking gorgeous, people. What's wrong with you?" But uh, yeah. Anyway, um, I, I think it's, I this think it's good. I think it's recommended. for me. Like hit hit everything that I needed it to hit. Uh, it's it's stunning visually. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to watch this play constantly, right? Like, like I don't even need sound. Well, I would say I don't need sound, except for the fact that the fucking music is so good. Cliff Martinez, who is one of my favorite uh, composers, actually. Do you know his stuff, Adam? I so he feel did like only God forgives, and he did um, uh, Black Swan. 
and he did no he no, didn't no, no. that was clint and cell yeah uh cliff martin he did uh the nick right so that score uh which is also kind of a pulsing um techno infused thing which is odd since it's like a turn of the century like huh. early 20th century medical drama but it fucking works aesthetically with that thing um cliff martinez his score here is just fucking amazing and uh the film ends with uh with what might be the perfect way to end a film like this which is a goddamn sia song uh that was written for this movie um, see i don't know who that is <laughs> That's fine. Chandelier was her big hit, right? And she's been on the radio. She's written a lot of shit. I mean, I've heard the name, but I couldn't pick her out of a thing. Well, no, that's the whole point. You M- couldn't pick her out of a thing. Music or otherwise. Well, no, I mean, I mean, just music-wise. <laughs> if you told, if you showed me, if you gave me three musical clips and go pick out the C one, I'd be like, I don't fucking know. You Unless would, the other two would, were like, you know, like like Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash, then I could pick out the C one. <laughs> 